You're listening to Reaching 39180, a sermon series about reaching our local community. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. How we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Yeah? Y'all excited to be here? That's terrible. Look. Hey, tell the person sitting next to you, you know, how, how excited they should be just to see you today, right? Tell them they, they, they ought to be excited. They're blessed, right? They're blessed by your presence. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so glad you're joining us today. It's a very special Sunday. We are celebrating five years of ministry as a church, man. It's exciting. It's exciting, man. We are, we, uh, it's a lot has happened in five years. We officially launched Elevate Church on May 5th, 2013, and uh, we met in a park since then. We met in homes since then. Uh, we've met in a restaurant. Uh, we met in a school. We met at the Southern Cultural Heritage Center uh, until we've kind of found a semi-permanent place right here on Manor, Manor Drive. And again, we're, we're just excited about what God has done. We're celebrating His faithfulness. We're celebrating His goodness and His love. Five years. Now, how many of you have ever been around a five-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, isn't, isn't that a blessing, you know, sometimes, you know? I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's great, but there are other times when you're thinking, you know, get your finger out of your nose, you know, don't touch that. It's, it's hot, you know what I mean? Don't, don't, no, no, I'm not going to the bathroom with you. You're old enough to go to the bathroom by, your, by yourself. Don't put your finger in that outlet. You will die. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever say that kind of stuff? To a five-year-old, uh, I got three kids, Brianna Grace, she's my oldest, she's 12, Sadie Kate, she's seven, and then Lawson Cruz, he's almost nine months, or he is nine months, but I remember when Brianna Grace and Sadie Kate were just little, you know, we, me and Amanda as parents, we were just doing everything we could just to make sure that they survived, you know, uh, I mean, you feed them, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do whatever it takes to feed them too, right, you know, you get the spoon and you're like, here comes the airplane, <gasps> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and you're like, open, and they're all, yeah, they finally eat, you know. You know, and that's, that's okay for a five-year-old or a little bitty kid, really, you know what I mean, a real, little, little child. But can you imagine tomorrow if you went to work and you saw like one of your, you know, your coworkers who's maybe 30, 40, or 50 years old, and at lunch you saw them sitting with their mom with a bib around their neck, and their mom was like, open what? You'd be like, dude, I always knew something was wrong with that guy. You know what I mean? I always knew it. I always knew it. But again, uh, we, do, we do things to, to, to help them kind of prepare when they're young to be able to do things on their, their own. Lawson Cruz, again, he's, he's, he's nine months old, and so we kind of put food in front of him uh, to, to get him to, to eat. You know what I mean? But it's one of the funniest things in the world, to me at least, because he hasn't really developed those fine motor skills yet. You know what I'm talking about? And so we'll put food in front of him, and it looks like he's concentrating real hard. You know, and he's getting together a game plan. In his mind, I know what he's thinking. He's like, I'm going to eat that food. I'm going to eat that food. And he'll try, to, he'll try to grab it, you know. And when he eventually grabs it, you know, sometimes he gets it in his mouth, but other times he's like, 
you know, or he'll go to grab it and it might fall and land in his bib and it looks like he's just seen a magic trick, you know what I mean? Because he can't find it. He's like, where did it go? Where did it go? So it's amazing to me, one of the funniest things for me to, to watch. But again, as kids grow, as kids grow, you, you kind of raise them in such a way that they'll be able to do certain things on their own as they get older. You give them responsibilities, right? You know, you say, hey, go brush your teeth, go put on some clean clothes, go wash your hands, go do this, take out the trash. Again, you do things to prepare them. That's what we do. Think about driving. I've seen several of the parents of teenagers here at Elevate Church, you've been posting pictures online of your kids with their, with their driver's license, you know what I mean? And they're so excited about driving. But, but you know, when you're kid turns 16, you don't just give them a keys and say, here, here you go. You don't do that. If you do, something's wrong with you, okay? Uh, hopefully what you have done prior to that is prepared them for the age when they are going to be able to drive. You do things like take them to a parking lot where nobody else is parked and help them learn to drive. Anybody ever, anybody ever do that? My mom did that and we're trying to learn how to drive a standard. They don't even teach kids how to do that anymore. But I mean, you know, uh, she did that with me. She, you know, you take them to a, a parking lot, they get their permit. They get to drive with an adult in the car with them before they get to where they're driving really on their own. Again, you get them ready and you prepare them for that moment. Well, my, my fear for many of us and my fear for actually many churches is that we just really aren't prepared for the responsibilities that God wants to give us. My fear is we really don't even understand the responsibilities that God has given us. Because listen to me, God is a loving God. Amen. He is a faithful God. He is a gracious God. He is all of those things. But we also serve a God who pronounces judgment upon his children. And one day we'll stand before God, the creator of the world. And it's going to be an amazing thing. You will actually see God face to face. You will see the God who created the heavens and the earth. You will see the God who, who told the, the mountains where to be. You'll see the God who told the oceans exactly how far they can come. You'll see the God who came up with the concept of ears and eyes and, and vocal cords. You will see him face to face. And when that moment happens, will we be prepared? Will we show up prepared for that moment? Will, will we show up prepared or will we show up empty-handed with really nothing of eternal significance to really show him. See, see, I think sometimes we think God is just supposed to cater to our needs, like, like we do an infant or a toddler. You know, here are some Cheerios. Here are some Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. You know what I mean? We want you to enjoy these. And so we think God is like that, but God's like, no, no, no. There's more to the Bible than just Cheerios, and there's more to the Bible than just Lucky Charms. There's actually things like spinach in the Bible and, and broccoli in the Bible. God is telling you, and he's telling me, that I, I want to give you something that's better for you. I want to give you responsibility, something that is going to help you grow and become the person that I've created you to become. See, I'm really trying to watch what I eat here lately. I went to the doctor a couple weeks ago, just wasn't really feeling well, and so I'm trying to watch what I, what I eat. And so I tried to kind of do this keto diet. Anybody you familiar with this keto 
keto. You know, I'm trying to do the keto diet, but the problem with that is that I like burritos, Cheetos, and uh, Tostitos and Doritos, you know? And you can't eat burritos, Cheetos, Tostitos, and Doritos on the keto. There's none of that on the keto. And so, I mean, I'm trying my hardest, but uh, again, ever since I've really cut some of that stuff out of my life, a lot of sugar and stuff like that, I actually feel better. I actually feel better. I, I have a little more energy. I'm just uh, just doing doing better, I think. But it's hard to explain because I look at things like a Big Mac at McDonald's, you know, and I'm like, man, that thing looks so good. That thing would give me so much energy and just make me ready to go. Anybody, you know, you see that. It looks so good on that picture, right? And you're like, man, I got to get that. But when you get that Big Mac, you know, it doesn't give you more energy. What is it? You eat that Big Mac and you're ready for a nap, right? You know what I'm saying? You're ready, you're ready for a nap. And so, and so you're wondering, man, why in the world is it, is it like that? I, I think that sometimes, again, we, we need to realize that what we are eating, it does, it does affect our energy level and whether or not we're going to feel drained. And so I think God would say to you and say to me and say to a lot of us that we need to watch our spiritual diet. I think God sometimes says, look, there's more to Christianity than Cheetos, Fritos, and Doritos. And, you know, sometimes you got you to gotta eat the spinach. And sometimes you got to eat the broccoli. Because if that's all you ever eat is all that junk, you're just going to feel drained. And you're not going to be able to get what it is that I want you to get done. God would say, you and I need to feed on better things. Things like suffering. Things like sacrifice, things like showing kindness to people who are unkind, showing love to people who really are unlovable. Again, that's like the spinach and broccoli of the Bible that many of us tend to resist. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I am giving you a mission. I am giving you responsibility. I'm giving you something that is bigger than you and it's better for you. And he would say, you know what? You're, you're five years old now. You're grown. Your life isn't about just you watching cartoons and eating Cheetos and Doritos and Lucky Charms. God would say, you know what? It's, it's not about your comfort. It's not about, it's not about, it's not about any of our comfort. It's about God's kingdom. It's about God's Kingdom and his kingdom is always going to call us to something deeper, to something greater, to something better. We serve a God who gives responsibility. Think about the garden when God created everything and he placed man in the garden. What did he do? Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to what? To work and take care of it. What did God do right there? He gave man responsibility. And I promise you, I promise you, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. And I'm here today on Elevate Church's fifth birthday to remind you and to remind me of what our responsibility is. And I want you to see this in Matthew chapter five. In Matthew chapter five, starting in verse 13, here's what Jesus says. Jesus says this about your responsibility. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, what did, what did Jesus say right there? He said that you are the salt of the earth. Now, now 
the use of this word salt, it's, it's very unique. It's actually, it's actually clever because during the time when Jesus walked on this earth, he knew that salt was an essential commodity that was necessary for everyone to have. As a matter of fact, culturally speaking, they, they considered the salt of the sea as, as the sun in the sky. I mean, it was that significant and that Essential, And so what Jesus is saying right here is that as a believer, as a follower, as a disciple of Christ, you are the salt of the earth. What does that mean? It means that this world desperately needs what you have. And this world desperately needs what I have. You and I are so relevant that we don't even realize it. We are so significant. That's what, that's what a Christian is to this world. They are significant. So it's really time for you and I to, to stop eating Cheerios and, and Lucky Charms. And it's really time for us to be who it is that God wants us to be. The, the church is needed. And so for the rest of the time that we have together, what I want to do is I want to point out three things to you about salt. Three things to you that are very important to you and very important to me about salt. And the first thing that I want you to know about salt is that salt brings flavor. Salt brings Flavor And as Christians, we are supposed to bring flavor to the world. There ain't nothing worse than something that ain't got some salt on it. Am I right? Am I for real? I mean, if you put enough salt on some spinach and some spinach leaves, that stuff will go down. Am I right? You just got to season it up a little bit. And so Jesus says, we are the salt of the earth. The, the biggest implication and the most important thing about that verse is that we actually go into the earth, that we actually go into the world. See, when I was growing up, I liked going to my mama and papa's house. I liked going over there because I got to do just about whatever I wanted. I could fish. I could camp out. I mean, I just had such a good time. But I remember when I would go to my mama's house she, in her dining room. It was a, it's a smaller dining room, but there was this glass cabinet. There was this glass cabinet. It was called a china cabinet. You might still have those things today, a china cabinet. And in that china cabinet were these real fancy dishes. There was a lot of important stuff in there, real fancy dishes, real fancy glasses. There were these real, real fancy silverware. And I remember always asking, you know, my, my mama, I was like, man, man, what is, what's all these dishes for? And she would say, oh, those are for very special occasions. I don't ever remember using them though, but they were for very special occasions. I thought I was special. But anyway, so nestled though in the back of that, that china cabinet, there were these, this, these salt and pepper shakers. And I remember they were, they were beautiful. As a child, I looked at them and they looked like jewels. They were, they were made out of, out of crystal and they were very, 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 very pretty. And they were filled with salt and filled with pepper. The problem was the contents of the salt shaker would never fulfill its purpose or its destiny because although it was gathered there in a salt shaker, salt wasn't meant to stay in that shaker. It was meant to bring flavor. It was never meant to stay there. And, and, and one of my fears as a, as a pastor really is that the people of this church and that the people of of many churches, man, they gather in these beautiful salt shakers. They gather in these beautiful churches every, every week. And if, this, if that's all that we ever do, we run the risk of never fulfilling our God-given 
destiny to go. And not just look good, but actually be the good that God has created us to be. Man, that's why on May 20th, on May 20th, not next Sunday, but the next Sunday, we're going to do something different as a church. We're going to, instead of just gathering on a Sunday morning and singing some songs and having a, having a sermon and going home, we're actually going to gather here, have a little devotional, and then we're sending out work teams to do various different ministries across our city. I want to encourage you to get, get, to get on board with that and to really help us show up because you're going to be able to hear more about these outreach projects on our service. Uh, Elevate Service Facebook page, which you'll also have some more information that's going to be available to you next week. We'll have some team leaders who are going to be here on May 20th that you can kind of join up with to go out and do these various projects. But again, we're going to we're going to reach 39180. That's what this whole series is about. And, and, and the Church of Jesus Christ, again, it's 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 not enough to look good. It's not enough. We have to actually be the good that we were created. To be. We've got to get out of the salt shaker and fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. We've got a responsibility to add flavor in this world. See, the problem with so many churches and so many people is, and I certainly don't want this to happen at Elevate Church, but the problem is we think church is supposed to be comfortable. You know what I mean? We think it's about our needs, meeting our needs and our desires. And so many churches, they do, they cater to the needs of their of their of their of their members. It's like this cruise ship mentality. Anybody ever been on a cruise ship? Man, I've only been on one cruise, but I love a cruise, man. I really do. Because what you get to do on a cruise is for one price. You know what I mean? For one price, you get to pay one price and you get to eat all you want. Not only you get to eat all you want, but you get to drink all you want. Lemonade, uh, water, Coke, like Coke stuff. You know what I mean? I know some of y'all are like, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you get to eat, you get to drink all that you want. And if you've never been on a cruise ship, this might really be hard for you to believe, but you, you, you're not going to believe it. They got a buffet at midnight. And I know what you're thinking. Who needs a buffet at midnight? The 3,000 people on that ship need a buffet because they were all down there. Man, I went down there. I was like, what is all this food going out here? So, you know, you're eating, you're eating, you're getting placed. And then when you leave the buffet, they, there's an ice cream machine, 24-7 ice cream. Man, I'm, oh, I know, I'm, man, my mind is exploding. I'm thinking about it right here. But then after you get that ice cream, you can be walking back to your cabin. You're like, oh, I overdid it. And they got pizza. You can eat pizza. I'd be putting pizzas in my pocket, and they're like, oh, sir, you don't have to do that. I was like, I wasn't used to this, man. Free pizza 24-7, man. You know why they do that? Because a cruise ship has one mission. And the mission of a cruise ship is to fulfill the desires and pleasures of its passengers. That's what a cruise ship does. The problem is we come to church and we think it's just a cruise ship. That the church is here to fulfill my pleasures and my desires. But, but, but the problem is, is that the church isn't a cruise ship. In fact, you, you know what really describes a, a, a church a little better than a cruise ship? A battleship. It's a battleship. That's really what a church is. And, and have you ever been on a battleship before? 
Anybody? Let me tell you, there ain't no pool deck on the Lido. You know, on the, there ain't no pool on the Lido deck. It, 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 ain't, it ain't up there. And, and, and battleships, they appreciate your dining cuisine so much. You know what they actually call the place where you eat that food? The mess hall. The mess hall. Why? Why, why are they like that? Because a battleship isn't designed to fulfill the pleasures and desires of its passengers. A battleship is designed to fulfill the purpose of a mission. The purpose of a mission. Friends, we are supposed to be like a battleship. We are about the mission of God, not the pleasure of ourselves. That's not it. So we're not calling you to comfort here at Elevate, Elevate Church. If you're looking for one of those churches, you're going to have to find somewhere, somewhere else. It's, it's a completely different way, really, of doing church than we are used to. And so we've got to accept the responsibility to go into the world, to not just stay. We're, we're in this city to add flavor to this city. We're in this city. We're in this, this place, again, to add flavor to places that desperately need the flavor of the kingdom of God. Salt brings flavor. The next thing I want you to see about salt is not only does salt bring flavor, but salt makes you thirsty. Salt really does, I mean, salt really does, it, it creates thirst. Man, you may not be like me, but uh, they don't make television shows like they used to. I, I miss some of those old television shows, man. I miss like the original MacGyver. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Guy can make like something out of a paperclip. It's amazing. Magnum P.I. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The A-Team, the original one. Yeah, man. I'm pretty the fool. I mean, I love those kind of shows. I love those shows. I really did. But like, I remember when I was younger, I used to like watching TV on Thursday nights. And I can still really remember the Thursday night lineup. It started with the Cosby show. Then it was a different world. And then it was a, another show. Anybody remember? It was, it was Cheers. Y'all remember Cheers? Yeah, I loved, I loved that, that show. It was about a bar. And you know, I know y'all know the song. It's like, making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Da, na, na, na. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go. Yeah. Man, I love that show. Man, hey, I love that show. And, and, and what, again, it was about a bar and, and me being a godly person. That was the first time I'd ever seen a bar. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, so, so I'm watching, so I would be watching these bars. And, and they're in this bar, and like, here's the thing. They had this interesting business strategy. I mean, bars are there to make money, right? I mean, they, they have to make money to where they can keep their doors open, all that other good stuff. They're there to make money. But they were always giving away, like, free food. They gave away food for free. You could go in the bar, sit at the bar, and you could eat things like, like salted peanuts, right? They had, they had like, salted Pretzels. They, 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 even restaurants today, you go certain places and, and they give away food for free. Salted peanuts, salted pretzels, salted chips. Why, 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 do, they, why do they do that? These are businesses that have to make money. Well, it's because they understand what Jesus understood about salt, and that is that salt creates thirst. It does. You go down there and that show you, they'd be, be sitting there and they'd be eating them peanuts. Oh, snacks. Like I was on that cruise ship. 
just eating. And after a while, you know, you're going. Man, I sure am. Th- I, 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 I need something to drink. And they'd be like, that'd be $40. <laughs> right? That's how it is because salt creates thirst. And so Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. That means when people experience you and when they encounter you, when they get the blessing of sitting with you, they ought to be, man, I'm thirsty for the living water of God because just sitting in your presence has made them want what you have because you have let the love of God flow from your life. You have let the word of God flow from your life. Just being in your presence makes them thirsty for God. That's how we're supposed to be. When was the last time that happened in your life? When was the last time you made somebody thirsty for Christ? This past week, I went to visit somebody in the hospital. It's a lady who, she's really, she's in pretty rough shape. In fact, the doctors told her that they weren't going to let her go home because if she went home, she wasn't going to make it. And so as I'm sitting there talking to her, she's not discouraged or depressed. I mean, that's pretty bad news. That's pretty bad news, but she's not discouraged or depressed. She's she's happy, happy. And, And she kept talking about the goodness of God to me. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, she's in rough shape. And she keeps talking about how good God is and how faithful God has been to her. And it was real. She literally meant every word that she was saying, just listening to her, it blessed my soul. And when I left the hospital, I said, man, I want to live a life like that. I want to love God like that. I'm thirsty for his presence, just like she has. Again, she left me thirsty for more of God. Have you created thirst? Because God says you're the salt of the earth. And he says that when they encounter you with all that he is in you, they should be thirsty for more of God. True story, uh, there was a priest in Romania when communism was on the rise. and, and, And this priest, his name was Richard Warnbrand, and he was over the underground church. He was over, over many ministers because they, they didn't want Christianity spreading. But eventually, all these church leaders, they got arrested and they were imprisoned. And what they would do is, is they would make these priests and these leaders live in solitary confinement because they didn't want them to speak to other inmates about Christ because they knew these men were so influential that just talking to these other inmates, it was going to, to spark hope in their life. And so they lived for years in solitary confinement. Nobody was allowed to talk about Jesus. And if they heard you talking about Jesus, what they would do is they would snatch you out of your cell, drag you down the hall, and they would beat you so severely that the other inmates would hear this beating taking place. They would hear your cries and they would hear your screams and they would realize through intimidation that that is what happens to anybody who speaks about Jesus. So after several years of being in solitary confinement, 
Richard Warnbrand, what happens is he is put into a cell with other inmates. And as soon as he's put in that cell, he leans in. And he begins to tell these inmates about how good God is. And how much God loves them. And how God sent his only son to die for them. To set them free. And as he's talking, the guards hear him. And so they snatch him out of that jail cell. And again, they drag him down the hall and they're beating him. They beat him to within an inch of his life. And then they drag him right back to that cell he was just in telling inmates about Jesus and throw him on the ground. And the inmates are looking at this, what they believe to be a dead body, bloodied, beaten. They're looking at this lifeless body. And after about 30 minutes, Richard, begins to move, and he lifts his head, and he begins to crawl over to the side of the cell, and he pushes himself up, and he leans back against the wall, and he finally, he opens his eyes, and when he does, he, he sees that he's with those inmates he was previously telling about Jesus Christ, and he leans in, and a bloodied head can, can barely breathe, he leans in and he says, now where did, I, where did I stop? Where did I leave off? And he continues to tell them about Christ. Those inmates looked at him and said, I want what he has because that kind of conviction and that kind of belief and that kind of saltiness, again, it makes you thirsty for the things of God, you and I have to live our life in such a way that our convictions and that our beliefs, that they are just so flowing out of us that people say, you know what? I want to live like that. I want to live with what you've got. They should, make, they should be thirsty for the things of God just because of us being in our presence. Do you do that for others? Salt creates thirst. So salt brings flavor. Salt creates thirst. The third thing that I want you to see about salt is that salt creates an impact. Salt makes an impact when it's cold weather. You know, when there's ice, there's going to be ice. What do they do? They traditionally put out what on the roads? Salt. Yeah, yeah. Y'all still awake? Elbow your neighbor if they didn't. Make sure they're awake. But it it, it does. Why do they put that salt out there? Because that that salt helps keep ice from from forming. But that salt also, so much salt on the roads, what it does is it damages the roads. Did you know that? Salt damages the roads and it'll it'll create potholes and things like that that have to constantly be maintained. Again, salt makes an impact. And Jesus knew the impact of salt. The people he was talking to knew the impact of salt. They were, see, they were familiar with the Roman government. They were under Roman rule. And when the Romans would conquer a, a new country in order for them to absolutely lay waste to countries, in order for them to make sure that those countries never again you know, rose to, to where they once were. What they would do is they would go out into the fields and they would scatter seeds of salt. They would scatter seeds of salt so that the ground would be dormant to make sure that nothing else could grow there. Nothing else could ever grow there because of the seeds of salt. Well, see, Jesus, again, he says, you are the salt of the earth. 
we should have an impact. And when we go into our neighborhoods and when we go into our communities, we should be scattering seeds of God's salt in the ground so that we say to the darkness of this world, you know what, you're not going to grow here. We scatter seeds of God's salt to say, hey, injustice has no place here. No weapon formed against us will prosper because God's salt has come and laid your plans dormant. We should be the salt of God's earth that just makes this world grow the things of God, that's how we're supposed to be. See, again, this series is about reaching our city, reaching Vicksburg. It's time for us to say, not on my watch. Vicksburg needs the salt of God. Now, I need to show you something else from this text because it's in there. It's in there. But I want you to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 again. Look at what it says. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, I wouldn't have a problem with that part of the verse if Jesus had not just said, I was the salt of the earth, right? I mean, Jesus says we're the salt of the earth, but now he gives this scenario to where we're tossed out. And, and trampled underfoot. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds pretty serious, right? I mean, what, what in the world is going on here? What is he trying to say? Most theologians believe that Jesus is referring to the Palestinian oven. The Palestinian oven was outside of people's homes, and what they would do is they would, they would put clay tiles down around that oven, and they would put salt on those clay tiles, and that salt was there to preserve the heat from that oven, but eventually what would happen is the salt could no longer preserve that heat. So what they would do is they would pick up the tiles and they would cast the salt out into the streets to be trampled underfoot, to be walked on. Now, it's not real clear if that's what Jesus is talking about, but it is clear that Jesus is basically saying, you know what, that if salt does not fulfill its purpose, it's thrown out. Because it's of no use. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to attend a church that's thrown out and trampled underfoot because we didn't fulfill our purpose. I don't want to live a life that's thrown out and trampled underfoot because I didn't fulfill my purpose. We are the church. We are the salt of the earth. We must Be the good that God has called us to be. See, I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. But this reminds me of a story that I heard once of this bride and groom who had just been married. I mean, just been married. They were leaving the reception and they were heading on their honeymoon. They They were going to a cabin. And so they're going out into the country and as they're, they're driving, they turn onto a country highway, and after they go for just a little while, they're, they're met by a truck coming head on, and they hit that truck. And the bride, she's, she's tossed from the vehicle. And so this groom, as you can imagine, he's just been married. He's, he's so worried about his bride that he rushes to her side. He rushes to her side, and she's not breathing. He's, he's trying to resuscitate her. 
and he's doing everything he can. And just by chance, he happens to look up as he's trying to resuscitate her. And he sees a house just a little off. And, and on that house is a sign, a doctor's office sign. And so he does, he says, man, I got to get that doctor here. So he takes off running to that doctor's house and he's banging on the door. He's knocking on the door and the doctor answers and he says, doctor, doctor, I desperately need your help. We've been in a terrible accident. My wife is not breathing, but I looked up and I saw your sign and I thought, praise God, please come and help my wife. So the doctor kind of acts confused. And he says, oh, oh, that sign. Oh, that sign. I'm sorry. He says, I stopped practicing medicine about five years ago. So the groom is obviously in shock. He says, I, I don't care if you stopped practicing medicine five years ago. You are a doctor. Come and help. So the doctor responds, oh, no, you just don't understand. You don't understand. I'm, I'm finished with that. I just kind of kept the sign up for the memories. Just kept the sign up because I liked it. I just can't help you, sir. I'm sorry. With rage in his eyes, that groom looks at that doctor. And he says, you either come out right now and you help my wife. Or you come out right now and you take down that sign. Take down that sign. Listen to me. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And there are people all around us. There are people hurting who desperately need to see the light and hope of this world. Either we get out there and help or we take down the sign. God has called us to bring flavor to this world. He's called us to create thirst. He's called us to make an impact. Elevate Church. Five years. Five years old. Five years old. This city needs us. It's time to get out there and be the church that God desperately needs us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. But one thing I do know is that no matter who you are, God looks at you today and he says, you have a responsibility to be the salt right where you are. If you're a student, God wants you to be the salt at your school. If you work somewhere, God wants you to be the salt right there. If you're a stay-home parent, God wants you to be the salt at your house. When you go to Walmart, when you go to Kroger, God wants you to be the salt of the earth. There's this responsibility that comes with that. And if you'd say today, you know what? I need to take that responsibility a little more seriously. Robert, will you pray? Will you pray for me that I'll be more serious, that I'll understand the eternal consequences? 
You'd say, Robert, pray for me. Just go ask right where we are that you lift your hand. Amen. 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 Father, I pray today that you would just help each and every one of us. Help us to do more. Help us, Father, to be about the mission of your church. Father, I'm thankful for everything that you've done here at Elevate Church the last five years. God, and I know that you want to do greater things, bigger things than any of us could think or imagine. And so I pray today that we would be ready. Help us to be ready. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.